I get it. We're all busy, which is why I'm sending out short, simple, but powerful tips via text to help you elevate your speaking business. Text me the word speaker to 704-228-9495 to get on this free list. That's the word speaker to 704-228-9495. Are you a meeting planner or hosting your own event and you're looking for incredible women speakers? We've got you covered. Head to micdropworkshop.com slash roster to find your next keynote speaker from our roster of vetted inspirational women. That's micdropworkshop.com slash roster. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I am so excited to have my friend Natalie Frank on the podcast. Natalie Frank is the co-founder of Rising Tide Society and author of Built to Belong. And super exciting. So today on the podcast, we're actually going to use a interview from Natalie when she spoke at the U2.0 conference. And I'm actually recording this introduction on my porch. So you might hear some birds chirping right now. But uh, what I was saying was that we are using Natalie's interview from U2.0, where we spoke about how to genuinely root for other women, which is something that Natalie taught me many years ago. And I am so excited to share with all of you today. So please welcome Natalie Frank. What's up, everybody? It is Jess Ekstrom, and welcome to Business on the Bright Side, the podcast where you can learn how to make a living and make a difference at the same time. Life is short, and so is my attention span, so let's get started. All righty, put your hands together virtually. Let's welcome our guest speaker today, my girl. Natalie Frank. Hello. Hey. Okay. I was nodding the whole time as you're talking. I'm sitting there. I'm nodding. I'm like fully engaged. And I think I need bright pages in my life. Like I'm like, I need this girl. The art of writing something down, the power that comes from that. It really does. It's really just helpful to do this like mind dump, but, um, I want to work on a pathway with you for your upcoming book. Can you tell us about the upcoming book? Are you allowed? I am. I'm allowed okay. to give little bits and pieces. Um, a little tease. But, yeah. Jess, I want to tell us who you are too, for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So we'll start there. So I'm Natalie Frank. I am a basically an entrepreneur and a community builder. I started as a full-time photographer, built my business doing that and found myself um, at, you know, hitting all my goals and checking all of the boxes and yet still feeling incredibly alone in the pursuit of building a business. And so five years ago, I decided that I needed to change that. And I had to um, find a community of people that could understand what it was like to build a business, to take an idea and create something new from it. And so that desire led to the founding of the Rising Tide Society, which is a community of over 70,000 creative entrepreneurs and small business owners around the world that all unite um, under this mantra of community over competition. And um, that led me to many other things, including working with HoneyBook, which is an awesome CRM platform uh, that helps business owners to run the back end of their business, all the operations, contracts, things like that. And uh, I'm also writing a book or have written a book. I guess technically we're now moving into the it is done. Jess and I were chatting before this about how we're finalizing our cover and we're starting to do typesetting to see what the actual book, the interior design of the book will look like. But 
the heart and soul of this book is essentially the premise that we are built to belong and yet we are also created to compete. That as human beings, there is this delicate balance between um, wanting to be loved and liked and have community and yet still internally within all of us, this hope um, to be our best and to do well and to strive and to achieve. And any other Enneagram threes out there know exactly what I'm talking about at a um, elevated and intense degree, but all of us have this within us. And so the book gets to the heart of how do we cultivate these extraordinarily rich relationships and community with others um, that helps all of us to succeed, that surrounds us with people that want to see us win, that want to see us thrive, that are cheering us on and that we can do that for others. And like, how do we actually do it? How do we change the trajectory of our lives by creating thriving communities and support systems with other people that um, are, are all about that collaborative mindset and are all about seeing everybody succeed and win. And so uh, the book comes out at the end of August and Ooh. I'm really excited to like birth this baby into the world and have it be out there. Uh, it's been a long journey. I feel like this book and your entire platform was created for my problem that I have, which like I was the kid in gym class that I would need to get first on the warm-up lap when like nothing nothing counted towards the warm-up lap. But if someone was ahead of me as we were running around the gym to warm up, like I couldn't handle it. And that bled into my career and a lot of, um, a lot of unhappiness. And, and I think that when you are trying to create something or do something, it's like, you want to have, you want to do this to have freedom in your own life. But I felt like I was bound to measuring my success based on someone else's story. Like my ruler for myself was always in comparison to someone else. And it was honestly, you're going to think I'm like blowing smoke up there, but like it was meeting you that opened up my eyes to be like, no, there's room for everyone. And someone else's success is not robbing me of my own. Was this a way that you always were or how did you discover it? Oh, it's a really good question. So no, I actually think because I struggled with it, mm. I discovered it. So I think okay. it was something that for years and years and years, that was kind of how I approached things too. I I forgot that human beings were not highlight reels. And mm-hmm. I got trapped in this idea that other people were right, like the measuring stick for my own success or that somehow I was always feeling like I was falling short or falling behind. And this was both personally and professionally. So like there have been different points in my journey where on a professional note, I think I felt that way. Um, when I was building my business, I always was looking at what other folks were doing and feeling like, gosh, I just, I'm not as good as this person. I'm not as talented here. I, I don't have the right words to say there. I, I don't know how to do this perfectly. I, I felt like the only one who was a mess and who was imperfect. Um, and, and yet, um, in my personal life as well, like I, you know, have struggled with infertility for years. I mean, truly like years and years and years. And, you know, having that feeling of, well, everyone else is out there getting pregnant or starting a family or like my friends, especially were um, growing their families. And I was still waiting for an invitation to join the party. Like I felt like the girl, you know, standing outside the door to the next step of my life, just waiting and waiting and waiting and comparing myself to folks that we're going on to do those things that I desperately wanted, both professionally and personally. And so, no, like this, this entire um, kind of like truly like calling for me that it's sort of become 
I think arose from the fact that I struggled with it so deeply. And I arrived at it simply through beginning to uncover over and over again, the reality that I had a choice. It was sort of like this, this crossroads. Whenever I was met with somebody else winning, somebody else succeeding, somebody else making it in the personal and professional pursuit that I was also going after, I had a choice where I could compare myself and I could adopt this competition mindset, this comparison mindset of, well, they're, they're beating you. They're winning. They're, they're leaping ahead and you're failing. And that's one path to go, one road to go down. Or I could choose to take the complete opposite path. I could choose to become somebody that is their biggest cheerleader, somebody that is, you know, wanting to see them win, wanting, rooting for them to succeed. And in the pursuit of that, you know, I could completely shift my perspective. I could could take the reins of the small bit of this that I truly can control, which is how I react to things that come our way, right? It's how it's how we react in the face of uncertainty and of challenges and of of good things as well. And steer my ship towards that, right? And say, no, I, I want to see them win. If they win, it's proof that I can do it too. Mm-hmm. If they succeed, it's evidence that there is room for us to do this. It's the same thing. Look, in entrepreneurship, we often say, if you see people doing that thing you want to do, that's not a reason to stop. That's actually validation for your concept, right? Like that is proof that there is market demand. And the same applies in so many other facets. When you see somebody, you know, going up against all odds and winning, right? It, it makes it a little bit easier for the rest of us in their wake to, to yeah. continue moving forward and making that progress. And that applies to everything. But it, I mean, having a, a female like, vice president be inaugurated this week, seeing all the little girls, like no matter where, you know, their family stood politically, being able to see what's possible and see examples. Like, how does it feel? I mean, you remember as a little kid learning about the presidents and looking at the wall and saying, oh, this is just a man's job. You know, this is, this is something that I can't do. So I love that mindset shift of like, when you see someone succeeding or doing the thing that you so desperately want, it shows that there's a path, you know, it shows that it's possible. One of the things that talked about, like, almost like proof of concept. And maybe you did this writing your book. There's a part of a book proposal called comparative title analysis, where you have to pick, you know, like three to five best-selling books that are kind of in your lane. And you have to show how your book is similar. Like where can you draw the similarities? And then where's your degree of difference? And I think that that's such a cool way to think about anything, you know, like, oh yeah, this, this concept works um, because a publisher doesn't want you to reinvent the wheel. They need to see that it's out there, you know? Have you ever thought about starting a podcast to build your brand and get speaking reps? But then you realize, actually, wait, that sounds like a lot of work. For Amplify, we use EarFluence, a full-service audio and video podcast production company. While anyone can and should start a podcast, I recommend you stay in your zone of genius and leave the podcast production to the experts. You can schedule a free consult today by visiting earfluence.com slash Amplify. That's earfluence.com slash Amplify. One of the most common questions I get is how to speak with confidence. Whether you're giving a TED Talk, leading a meeting at work, 
or even just speaking up at your kid's PTA meeting. So you're in luck. I created a short ebook with all of my favorite speaking hacks, and it is absolutely free. Go to micdropworkshop.com slash ebook. That's micdropworkshop.com slash ebook. Tell us a little bit why you decided to be so open, which I'm so grateful about your fertility journey and, and IVF. Yeah. So it's, it really is something that I, like I, like whenever I say like people often ask like, Oh, well, how did you decide to be transparent about it? Or why do you, why do you decide to be vulnerable about anything? Cause I've shared different parts of health journeys from um, having a benign brain tumor and going through brain surgery to fertility treatment that brought us our son to now the road's been a little bit longer and harder. We had three failed rounds last year. And I shared that I shared the failure and the the pain that came with that each time we failed. And now we're pushing IVF. And yes, like I've, I've done um, more sharing, I think this time than I ever have. And look, the reason here is very simple. Um, I share for the people who don't yet know they need to hear my story for the ones who are going to walk this road long after I've walked it and need to know that they are not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I share to normalize the parts of the human experience that I think are far more common than we realize. And that goes for so many different things. That goes for the personal stuff that I share, but also the professional. You know, it, it goes for sharing the business journey, the entrepreneurial journey, the mistakes I've made, which there are many you know, the, the errors and the learnings and the imperfect growth that I think all of us are, are striving towards every single day, because that is human, mm-hmm. right? It, it, perfection is not human. Um, and it's also not interesting. It's not like that, like the best stories and the that best books we read, they're, they're not, they're not perfect. And, and the, the protagonist doesn't always triumphantly run forward with bold optimism and courage. Like right. sometimes a protagonist shakes and is afraid and cries and falls apart and needs other people to carry her. Like that's, that's humanity. That's reality. And so for me, it's like, I don't, I don't want to keep showing up and telling half the story on the internet. Like right. I, I want to be me. I want to be me. And, and this applies to so many different aspects where I'm uncovering and unpeeling the layers and, and the pressures that so many of us have been taught and have been told from the time we're very young to like, keep a brave face, you know, like keep your chin up. Don't let them see you cry. Yeah. You don't know, cry. go out there and, and be strong. And, and there, there's nothing wrong with crying and being vulnerable and being honest and being open because there's something really powerful in that pursuit of vulnerability. And so for me, I think it goes back to that desire of like, I'm going to have to go through this pain. You know, I, I don't, I, I, in some ways it's a privilege to get to go through it, to, to be able to have this treatment, to be able to um, have doctors and a medical team to treat my infertility. And yet there's going to be pain in the process. And if there's going to be pain, how can I find purpose? And for me, uh, seeking to find purpose is often very difficult in, in moments like this. But if I can share and I can be honest and I can tell my story, and somebody else on the other side of that is, I think it's Brene Brown who says like, that could be somebody's survival guide. Um, if that can be the case where somebody else is on the receiving end who maybe can't share their own journey, maybe hasn't shared, maybe doesn't even know that they're going to walk through that season. Um, and I can even make a dent in that, make it even a tiny bit easier. It's worth it. It's worth the criticism. It's worth like the very uh, unsolicited advice. Yeah. yeah. Me showing off my stretch marks while I'm doing my injections at night. Like it's that. worth all of that because I do know, and I've, I'm receiving them constantly, like the messages from, from folks that are like, wow, I 
I didn't realize I was even less alone than I thought. Like I was reading through your comments and so many other people are in this season going through this. And this applies to everyone listening to this. You're all walking through something. You're all navigating something or you've navigated something. You've come through it, right? You have the battle scars to prove it. And I think this power of, of charting a course this year, like Jess is having you do through, through actually writing it down and thinking and processing through what you want to be and what you want to become, like that, that process and that pursuit, it's not even about us y'all. It's not even about us. Like it's not at the end of the day, it's about the person on the other side whose life is going to be changed because you told your story, whose entire world is going to be rocked because you had the courage to say one sentence that changes everything for them. And that statement, I am not alone sometimes is the difference for us between believing we can keep moving forward and giving up on, on the journeys when they get tough. I have chills right now. And, um, Suzanne in the comments put, uh, wrote this quote that you said that was, I mean, stop me in my tracks. If there's going to be pain, how can there be purpose? I mean, that alone is just, that's like, as we're kind of navigating our stories, a lot of times we, it's hard to connect the dots or see the silver lining, like right out of the gate. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to evolve. It's not, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be there yet. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, this specific theme and how it related to your brain surgery that you had, which was, I mean, I assume a monumental point in your life. Yeah, no, I mean, it changed everything for me. Um, I, so to give some, some context, I guess, to that, I, I forget sometimes when I drop it, people are like, wait, what? Yeah, right. You said, what? You said brain? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, again, like an experience that I didn't realize was even more common than um, I knew going in. But when I was 21, I um, stopped getting my period earlier in my teens and had always been told, take birth control. You're going to be fine. You know, it's, it, this is normal, irregular. It's normal. It's normal. Yeah. Um, and I, if there are, I, is this women only? I should have asked. Just yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. So I feel I Except didn't want to talk anyone yeah. heading into this. Sometimes when I say period, people get like, you know, real nervous. <laughs> no, I put period so in my book and I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to see. And I just, I just tell it like it is. So that's what happened. I, you know, I had kind of been told for years and years and years, this was normal and don't worry about it. And when I um, was 21, I got engaged and was getting ready to get married and had always dreamed of being a mom. And so I finally advocated for myself with the doctor and I told them like, Hey, you know, I, this is, I, I don't get my period regularly. They've tried birth control. Nothing's ever worked. But I've been told, um, look, Danny, here you go. You know where this is going. Um, I've been told it's normal. And my doctor kind of raised her eyebrows and she's like, do you feel like it's normal? And I was like, no, I don't. And she said, so let's investigate. I think, doctor. I think, oh my gosh. Well, wait till the end of this story. Cause that doctor comes back with like, this is, I didn't write this in the book, but this should be a whole nother book in its own. That doctor is amazing. She's such an incredible advocate for women. And so I, uh, I basically went through a path of diagnosing and we did a bunch of tests and we ultimately found a brain tumor right in my pituitary gland, um, a macro adenoma pushing right up against my optic nerves. And also, um, I'm just not getting your period. That was the signal. Yep, that was the signal. And I had had other things like in retrospect, you can always look back and say, oh, so it's not normal to have migraines and headaches and weight gain and weight loss very rapidly without diet change. Like there were things that I blamed on stress or right, on right. Um, other things. One more doctor tells me to come calm down. I'm gonna flip out. <laughs> I, know, I know. And so, um, look, optic nerves. Yes. And so, you know, it was something that led to that diagnosis. And then after that diagnosis, and we talk about that path to being more vulnerable. I didn't share 
for five years, I kept it completely private. I kept it just my husband, my family, um, my my team knew, my business team, because I was a wedding photographer and there was always that risk I would wake up blind, um, that that tumor had finally pushed on the nerves too much, that it had disrupted the signal from my eyes to the visual cortex. And so um, I, I equipped my closest inner circle, but I never shared publicly. And um, three years ago, I got a brand new... Um, neuro team, like a brand new uh, medical team. And they advocated for surgery for the first time. And part of that was born out of the fact that no fertility treatment place would treat me um, mm. with the size of my tumor, that it wasn't safe to start those drugs that can sometimes make that pituitary gland get bigger. There were a lot of risks associated. And so my neuro team basically said, if, if you want to try for biological children, um, we need to get this thing out. The best course of, of action to give you quality of life long-term is to remove it. And so we went in for surgery, we had it removed and uh, it, it ultimately enabled us to start trying with fertility treatment. So it was all connected um, and, and it's been, it's been quite a journey, but the beautiful little ribbon at the end of this is I did get pregnant after having that tumor removed and the injectable cycles worked for my son. And the doctor who delivered my son a month early because of preeclampsia was the same doctor who diagnosed my tumor and who had listened to me. Oh my and God. The only reason I was delivering that baby. I want to cry, but it's true. It's like the only reason oh, I was delivering a child of my own was because she listened to my voice when I said, I really don't think something is right. Yeah. She didn't dismiss me. One, like she wasn't another doctor to dismiss me. And she was there as he was born. Oh, um, and, how have I never heard this story? Oh my God. Yeah. And so it was just this, and I didn't know it was, you know, you don't plan for what doctor's going to walk through the door. You got to practice with a ton of them. And yeah. so, you know, my one doctor who I loved when I got induced, she had to leave her shift. And when, um, Dr. Keith came in, I just couldn't, I, I like lost it. I immediately lost it. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. I had any first transfernoidal removal at NYU in 1985. Listen, thank you because of you. And a lot of folks like you, I know my surgery was easier and they were able to, to take care of me and give me a better future and a better life. So Holy being that primary, look at this, Jess. That's so um, incredible. I, um, wow. I, I don't have the words. I've known you for years and I never knew that, that story of baby Huey. Well, I, I, I just totally lost my train of thought. I <laughs> So many things I was going to say. So let's, I'm going to move on to something happy to wrap this up. I mean, that is happy, but something lighter, which is your amazing t-shirts, um, yes. which, you know, it looks like I'm flashing you guys. Oh, let me see that one. This one. Wait, sorry. Let me move the mic. For a second. Yeah. Oh, I um, love it. This was our first monthly collab that we did with Justin Shields. Justin made that. And uh, the well, shirts yeah, the- about how you set this up, because I think it's really cool. Yeah. So the shirts were born out of this question that we asked on my team, which is like, how do we manifest this idea of collaboration into our actual business? How do we, like, we believe it. So it's a value that we aspire to live. This is so often what we find ourselves in, don't we folks? Like, these are my values that I aspire to live. And then the critical question, but how am I living them? How am I actually living these values? And so on my team, one of the, the ways that we decided we wanted to do this was to partner with a different creative or collaborator every single month and create a limited run of one shirt, just one shirt with one saying uh, that, you know, really captured maybe what that that uh, creator is fighting for, what they believe in or a value or an idea. Um, and they've all been different. And so um, this was our first monthly one that we did with Justin. 
the one you're wearing is part of our like standard collection, but first kindness um, that we created with um, Leah um, of Polished Prints. And um, each month is is a different collaborator. And so it's been, it has been such an incredible project. I've got to work with some really extraordinary makers and creators, all from like different areas, backgrounds, creative endeavors, like, you know, illustrators to artists, to painters, to all of it. And the lineup just keeps getting like, amazing. it's all amazing. There's something, it's not even that it keeps getting better. It was hard to beat from the first. So it's just, it's amazing all around. And it's just limited edition, one a month made by small business and support a small business. A lot of them, um, like for example, this month's shirt, which says good things are on the way. I just found um, it yesterday. I bought two, uh, your, one for your shirt. It, 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 is like, it. it was made for me. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent of my profit from that shirt. All the, by the way, creators are paid. Um, all the collaborators and creators are paid. That's really important to me. Um, but my profit from this month's shirt all goes to an organization called the Cade Foundation. Uh, it was founded in Maryland. And um, that money goes to support families who are trying to fund infertility or adoption and are unable. And so it, it provides financial grants for them. Um, yes. So Jill, this shirt was for sale in October. Um, and like I said, it's only available for that one month and then they're gone. However, um, I posted because I wore this into my appointment this morning for IVF uh, with Justin. And so there's a world where maybe we bring some of them back in the future. So stay tuned for that. Um, but the heart is not to just create a giant shop where we're doing sales right. all the time. It's more about like telling one artist's story and introducing my community to them and creating one beautiful thing together. And so um, thanks, Haley, for linking the Cade Foundation, which is a side note for anyone who also shares that passion for making uh, fertility treatment more accessible. It's a really fantastic organization with a board that um, is just really wonderful. And the story behind it is great too. And anyway, they do a lot of good in, in the world. So everything from the design of the shirt to like how, how it feels, it's, I'm kind of picky about my t-shirts. I don't I like to feel like I'm wearing like cardboard, you know, and I also like sweat a lot. So they have to be breathable. Um, all of it is just so awesome. So you guys definitely, definitely go. I have her website right here and check out her tees. And I'll add one more thing. Um, I like to mention we have sizes small to 4X. So um, it's really important to me, yeah, to make sure that um, we have a, as many folks that can can wear the shirts as possible as well. This is great. Natalie, you are wonderful. Um, where can people find you? I am obsessed with your um, Instagram doodles and how you just keep it real. So definitely follow Natalie on Instagram. Um, anything else that people can do to keep in touch with you or stay connected? Um, yeah, I look, I, I do show up a lot on Instagram. I will warn you right now, since I'm going through IVF, if you don't like video needles, I've been showing my little injections each night. So I like to like just warn in case, but I, I show up there primarily as myself, just me. So it's messy. It's real. It's honest. It's imperfect. Um, but also, yeah, I would just say if, if you are a business center and you want to get plugged in, um, Rising Tide's a great place to, to connect with some really amazing folks. We're all online right now due to the pandemic, um, but our content is accessible and online and, and, and in all meanings of that term. And so um, I want to make sure that folks can also check that out. And that's honeybook.com slash Rising Tide. But, you know, Instagram really is sort of like my key spot where I spend probably too much time. Yeah. And I know me too. Um, and now Instagram and Clubhouse for me. I'm like, I need to need to get a grip. My screen time report is offensive. but. Um, next week we'll actually be talking about HoneyBook more, um, as we get into what kind of businesses we're going to start or grow or, um, just more action steps around it. So stay tuned for that. But Natalie, 
you are the best. Thank you for keeping it real. Thank you for your friendship over the years. I feel like we were, we were meant to cross paths for sure. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Now I'm so grateful for you, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Business on the Bright Side with Jess Ekstrom. I love to send out the episodes every Monday with a quick text and a quote from me. So text me the word podcast to 704-228-9495. That's 704-228-9495. And if you want to see what the show notes are from this episode, head to businessonthebrightside.com. Hit subscribe here, write a review, and I'll see you on Monday.